So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Common Sea Inspirations production being produced in our Common Sea studio here in Ada. And it's the Sunday, the fifth Sunday of Easter. It's the 2nd of May. My name is John Keeley, and help me to produce and present the programme this morning, Shane Arbrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Happy oh. Easter. Happy Easter. How are, you, how are we getting on with those Easter eggs, Shane? Oh, well, no, well, I'm afraid my Easter eggs are long gone. Um, ah. not, 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 I can't say the same for my nephews and nieces. They have a supplier that'll do it until Christmas. No, John, the reason I'm mentioning Easter this morning is if we have anyone out there who is in the Orthodox uh-huh. tradition, today is their Easter Sunday. So just to wish them a happy Easter because they, the Orthodox Church follows the Julian calendar. We follow what's called the George and the Gregorian calendar because it was brought up by one of the Pope Gregories. They follow the Julian calendar, named after Julius Caesar, and it's a couple of weeks behind us in terms of the calculation of, the, of when Easter falls. So they are celebrating their Easter today. Okay, again, we want to welcome especially those listeners who continue to listen to us each week, uh, housebound and lonely and maybe struggling in some way in terms of isolation. Uh, again, we remind listeners and ask listeners if they can to, to reach out to those of our listeners who are in this predicament, but also uh, to those um, people who support us in prayer each week. And thank you so much for that, because myself and Shane just couldn't do this programme without your prayers. Thank you so much for that. Uh, our programme, of course, is broadcast as usual at Sacred Space, 102 FM, uh, and West Limit 102 FM, 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. each Sunday. The 10 a.m. slot, uh, taken up uh, partly by Broadcasting Mass from Abbeyfield Parish, and um, 11 p.m. Sunday night is our regular Sacred Space program, the one that we're actually recording at this moment. Uh, as we have mentioned before, um, we do have a, a podcast platform. Come, come and see Inspirations at buzzspread.com. Just Google Come and See Inspirations. You'll get us there. And um, our programs are available to be heard uh, and played back anywhere in the world 24-7. So if there are some favorite programs uh, that, that you'd like, maybe some of your relations and friends to hear in far off places, just give them the link there to come and see inspirations.buzzspread.com. They can also listen to it the same as yourself. We're also available to be heard, of course, on Facebook at Come and See Inspirations. If you've got iTunes or Spotify or any other Google, Google podcast or other platforms, we can be heard. If you want to contact us, please do so, 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or email, inspirations at gmail.com. Now it's this time of the program when we ask Shane to remind us who we have in terms of saints coming up for the week. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. So dive in, folks, to the liturgical calendar, just to bring you some news from the saint world, as, they, as we'd say. So Pope Francis had a busy week. Uh, recently. So during the week on the 24th of April, he actually declared a blind 14th century Italian lay Dominican woman a saint using a process known as equipollent canonization. Now, there's a mouthful for you. So that so again? Basically- <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So basically, we're talking about a, a woman called Margaret of Castello, and she was an Italian saint, had a tough life. She was born blind and with severe curvature of the spine in present-day central Italy. Her parents basically abandoned her 
at a shrine in Castello where they, where they had taken her in the hope of a cure. She was discovered by the local townsfolk who began caring for her and then she came across the Dominicans and she joined what was called the Third Order of the Dominicans. So that's why she's a Dominican saint. And she, to thank the, the town, she opened a small school and she died and taught the young people there, the Psalms and so on and so forth. She died in 1320. Now, it was an interesting one. What does equipollent canonization mean? So basically what that means is Pope Francis has basically suspended the rules where you need to you know, provide a miracle and all of that kind of tests that have to be done and has said that based on the fact that she there's a long-standing devotion or what's called a cult to her, that she has a solid and enduring reputation for virtue and a long associated with miracles that she has been added to the calendar of the saints. So that's who we have. Uh, that's So that was just some of the news during the week. As well as that, then, also, there is a consistory to be held in Rome. That's a meeting of all the cardinals. And it's going to take place, actually, tomorrow, Monday the 3rd. And of interest to people that might be... There's a couple of blesseds that are going to be declared saint, one of whom, actually is Blessed Charles de Foucault, the, the French missionary who was killed in Algeria in 1916. And we have done a program on that man before, so it just is interesting to see. I had missed the fact that it, they had announced that he was to be declared a saint. Now, moving back to the calendar for this week, John. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. The idea of, of, um, of that particular person not having to have a miracle attributed to them, is that just for that particular person or is that for everybody from now on? No, 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 no. That was just for her. Now, for Pope her. Francis. Yeah, it's it's not something that happens very often. It's been done a couple of times over the years, mm -hmm. um, but Pope Francis has actually done it um, a few times, actually. To that's, be honest, that's awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there. So recently, he would have done it for so Hildegard of Bingham. Um, he would have done it for Jose de Anita and Maria of the Incarnation in 2014 and Bartholomew of Braga in 2019. So Pope Francis particularly likes this uh, this process as kind of getting around the, 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 the full process that you have to go through, like the trial that goes through for canonization. Sorry, apologies. It was Benedict XVI that declared... Hildegard of Bingham as saint via the procedure in 2012. It doesn't happen very often. There's only about maybe not even 10 or 11 saints on the calendar who this has this who this has been done for. Um, so it's it's uh, it's not something they do very often. Okay, thanks for that, Shane. Grand. So this week's saints, liturgical odds and ends. So as we said at the top of the program, today is the fifth Sunday of Easter. It is also, of course, the first Sunday of May. Uh, so for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week one. Now, of course, just to remind people, May is the month dedicated to Mary. So tradition, of course, is for the erection of the May altars. I think it would be a lovely tradition, particularly if you get the kids involved with this particular tradition and get them to gather some flowers from the garden to bring in for Our Lady and to maintain it over the month. Not so much done in schools anymore people might think that ha does happen i don't think they do it in classrooms as much as they used to um so very much something that we would need to think about for the domestic church and for us to encourage and particularly i would say grandparents to encourage the grandkids it could be a little project that you would do to set up your little statue with mary and the flowers and a candle uh, and 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 see how you guys get on with it for the month of may i know in our house it was always a tradition that there would have to be one set up for my grandmother and it was um it was very simple just the statue the candle and vase of flowers nothing complicated um monday then is the third of may it's the feast day of saint philip and james the apostles i never understood why these two boys did always got the, always bunched together 
Um, Philip, of course, very much associated with Bethsaida in, in the Holy Land, formerly a disciple of John the Baptist, and he became a follower of Jesus. Um, James, of course, is the one... Now, this is James... Uh, I always get this guy's mixed up. So this is ja- this is James the Less as opposed to James the Great, because James the Great is the guy that's ba- buried in Santiago. Okay. So this is James, the son of Alphaeus and a cousin of the Lord, who led the church in Jerusalem after the resurrection of the Lord, and he's James who wrote the epi- the epistle, and he lived a life of penance. Um, he was martyred in the year 62 AD. As far as I can remember, he was beheaded in Jerusalem. So that's St. Philip and St. James, whose feast days we celebrate on Monday. Tuesday is the feast day of St. Conlet on the Irish calendar. Conlet is a saint very much associated with, um, if I find my page, the Wicklow area. Uh, he was a hermit, pers- persuaded by St. Bridget to act as a priest for her community in Kildare. And he was made a bishop and abbot of the monks in Kildare. So he was beside, he was buried beside Bridget in the great church. So people might remember Bridget's monastery in Kildare was what's called a double monastery. It was a monastery for men and for monastery for women. So she headed up the monastery in general and the women's section in particular. And this man headed up the men's section at the time. So that's who we have. He celebrated St. Connellet on Tuesday the 4th. Wednesday the 5th of May, we celebrate Blessed Edmund Rice. Obviously, Kilkenny man. We won't hold that against him. Uh, after his young wife's early death, he sold his possessions and dedicated his life to the education of the poor. And he obviously founded the uh, religious congregation for the education of boys. And I always get this wrong. Um, he founded the Presentation Brothers, I'm going to say. Uh, I'll double-check that and come back in a second. He died in 1844. Then on Thursday, uh, we dig into the history books on this one so we're looking for a we're looking at a saint who's uh, associated with Cork 7th century poet um, he led his students on a pilgrimage to a small island to save them from plague that ravaged Ireland in 664 so social distancing at its most earliest form if ever and his name is Saint Colum Mac E. Clusic of Cork and that's all we know about him he's a 7th saint, century saint we're not quite sure when he died Finally, then, uh, there's Friday then. Obviously, Friday next week is the first Friday, the 7th of May. It is the feast day of... Sta- I love this one. St. Flavia Domitilla of Terracina. <laughs> now, That's... say that quick, John. <laughs> You're enjoying this today. <laughs> I am, I am, I am. So, Flavia is a Roman, a Roman noble laywoman. She was the granddaughter of the Emperor Vespasian. She was the niece of t- Emperors Titus and Domitian. She was married to Titus Flavius Clemens. Here we go. Are you following all of this now? Uh, She was a nephew of the Emperor Vespasian. And and, um, she was a foster sister sister of a couple of other saints as well. Basically, this woman was a convert to Christianity. She was widowed when her husband was martyred in 96 AD. And she was banished uh, to um, one of the islands in the middle of the Mediterranean. Possibly martyred, though records are sketchy. That's Flavia Domitilla that we celebrate her feast day on the 7th of May. And then finally, on the 8th of May, we have the feast day of Blessed John Sullivan. Uh, Blessed John Sullivan is a Jesuit saint, Eccles Street in Dublin, born in 1861. So originally he was raised as a um, Church of Ireland man. He was Anglican. 
And at the age of 35, he was received into the Roman Catholic Church and returned to Dublin, living a very simple style. He joined the Jesuits in 1900, was ordained a priest in 1907, and spent the remainder of his life at Clongo's College in County Kildare, where he had a great reputation for holiness. And he died in 1933. He was... uh, declared a blessed uh, in 2017 and it was it actually held the ceremony was held in St. Francis Saviour Church on Gardner Street in Dublin and it was the first time a beatification was ever celebrated in Ireland by the Cardinal Prefect for the Congregation of the Saints so that's what we have John in terms of the liturgical odds and ends for this week now obviously this is the first week of the month just to say to people if you are praying for the Pope's intention so the Pope's intention for the month of May is let us pray that those in charge of finance will work with governments to regulate the financial sphere and protect citizens from its dangers. Very appropriate at this time, considering everything that is going on. So that's what we have, John, in terms of our liturgical odds and ends. Thanks for that. Now, I just happened to take the opportunity while you were you were finishing off the saints there. Uh, Edmund Rice, he was actually, um, he actually founded the congregation of the Christian Brothers and the Presentation Brothers. Ah, Didn't know there okay. was two of them. There you are. I should have known that because I attended the Christian Brothers myself many, many, many years ago. Thanks a lot indeed for that, Shane. Uh, Saints for the Week, it's always good to catch up on these saints, maybe what they were about, where they were, and no harm maybe every now and again, maybe just to dip into into Google there somewhere. Just just Google them and and, and find out for yourself um, what these people got up to at various parts of the world a thousand years ago, 1,500 years ago, or maybe just... A uh, hundred years ago, fifty years ago. Thanks a lot indeed for that, Chen. So now, before we go for our first bit of music, there's a spiritual communion prayer that we always pray. This is because we can't receive Jesus sacramentally uh, um, at Mass, especially these days. So this prayer will join together. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now we go for our first bit of music this morning. And as Shane reminded us, this is the first Sunday in May. Very appropriately, maybe, and traditional, as we usually do in the programme. We'll start off our piece of music by Faith of Our Father's album. And this one is entitled, I'll Sing a Hymn to Mary. So join us again in part two, where Shane... Um, as a guest to join us who is going to tell us all about the Pioneer and Total Absence Association. So join us again in part two.
and welcome back to Sacred Space 102 FM, a Come and See Inspirations production here for West Limerick 102. My name is Shane Ambrose and I'm delighted to have you back with us on this glorious Sunday morning. Uh, John, we're delighted we have a special guest with us on the programme this week, uh, Matt Boylan. Good morning, Matt. How are you keeping? Very well. Good to speak to you, Shane. Thanks a million, Matt. Now, Matt is the president of the Pioneer Total Abstinence Association, the PTAA, and we invite him on the programme this morning because the PTAA is something which many people might be have heard of at some stage, particularly older people, and it's something maybe that people might realise is actually still knocking around and still doing the job that they've always done. Isn't that the case, Matt? That is the case indeed, surely. Yes, right. indeed, by all means, it's on the go since 1898 when Father James Cullen sat down with four ladies and decided that they needed to do something very serious about the issue of um, the hard drinking was going on and the few uh, pounds as, as the men were earning at the time. A lot of it went by the wayside and never reached home. So mm. bills went on paid and there come a time, look at this, look, we'll have to do something about this. And so the organisation was founded. And I suppose, you know, I suppose one way of, of looking at it is, is that, you know, in Ireland, there's very much culturally, there's an acceptance and an expectation around alcohol. Um, some would say that as a country, we have a very dysfunctional relationship with alcohol. Uh, recent surveys probably might support that given, you know, the average person is supposed to consume a 40 litres of vodka in a year, which seems rather excessive for the amount of people that don't drink. Um, but I suppose from your perspective, Matt, what is, like, what, where, what does the, the Pioneer Total Abstinence Association, where do you see yourselves? Um, well, no, I suppose, first of all, you, as you said, you start out with Father Cullen and that. So if you give us maybe a bit of history on that and then we move to where we see, you see yourselves today. So just you were, yeah. you were set up by Father Cullen. So that was back in the, the 18, 1880s, 1890s? 1890s, right, 1898 indeed, surely. That's when, when they started the association. Um, very quickly, it did take on. And mm. within a couple of years, there was um, up to 100,000 members. And indeed, by um, uh, was as little as 1910, there were over 100,000 members. 1917, even though a considerable number, surely that's the thing about the association, like this will default. Um, membership had risen to 250,000. Now, by the time it had progressed a few decades through the 1950s, which it was indeed at its peak, you were looking at one in four people in the country was a pioneer. Hard to believe that that could be the case even for the time of the 1950s. But sure enough, things turned around in the 1960s and certainly there was a big decline, as right, surely. Uh, now, do we blame rock and roll? Of course, the whole culture was changing anyway, and people were going their own direction. But the nice thing is quite a number of people still remain with the association mm. uh, right down to this day. Now, most of them are senior people. Yes, we would have a little programme where we would go along to schools uh, pre-COVID and leave our little message there. And yes, there was always a number of younger people that would come to us. A number would stay and a number would go. And that's just how it, how it relates mm. to that level. Mm. So, it's, an um, interesting, it's an interesting one. Like I know myself, um, for example, I know... My grandparents were both uh, pioneers all their lives. I don't think alcohol crossed the door of the house. Uh, and even I, I remember as, as, a, as, a, as a primary school kid, I can remember it was part of almost the confirmation process that you would take your pledge until you were 18. And I suppose people are wondering, does that happen anymore? Do we even bother with that anymore? 
Well, what it happens now is, you see, teachers were wonderful in the past. Like in my time, going to school in the, in the 60s and 70s, yes, the teacher would introduce it to you first. Man, you had an opportunity to join as a juvenile from 8 to 11. After that, then you you had an opportunity then to, to join with you as a member of a local centre, like which would be attached to a to a parish. And um, yes, it, it went on from, from, from there. Um, nowadays, okay, you would be trying to get your information solely to your confirmation class because um, uh, it's not compulsory anymore that they have to actually take the, the pledges they say at that, you see. But um, yes, if at all possible, that's a, a level that, uh, that we would try and um, at least get our information to. Now, um, we have to get back to that because unfortunately this old COVID was a, a serious disruption to every, every man and woman's plans and it set us back. But um, so this whole process of rebuilding now, get, getting back to making our school talks and talking to these confirmation classes again. Mm, mm. And I suppose, I suppose, it kind of, if you were to sum it up, well, not even sum it up, well, how, what would you say it's, the Pioneer Association is, is, is about, Matt? What, you know, what does it mean? Like, you're obviously the president, so obviously, you know, you're up there in terms of the leadership position, but obviously you're a pioneer yourself. What does it mean for you to be a pioneer? What does it mean? What does the Pioneer Association deal do? Well, I suppose maybe it's a unique way of life. I suppose you're right. You know, people who look at us a different way as a, as a, as a rare um, bunch of people, all together in a certain way, you know, to, to be that hard line to actually completely and utterly abstain from alcohol. Um, but like everything else, um, yeah, I made a decision early on in life, you know, that there are certain things that one could do and certain things one wouldn't do. So I chose that. I remained with it. That wasn't to say that I could still go out and enjoy a good time with, with all of the rest of them. But it didn't have to depend on taking alcohol, you know, mm. alcohol to have a good time. And um, so um, then we started out then through region dioceses and, and everything else right up to national level, you know, where we um, promote the, the aims of the association by all means through uh, little leaflets that we would have, for instance, and... Um, different information that we would, would, would send out to our, our centres and, and, and regions and let them promote it then through their, their schools and uh, whatever else, you know. But, mm. um, yeah, so they mentioned... Uh, now, we're not against uh, drink as such, but certainly we would um, uh, prefer that people would be more moderate in their ways, mm. uh, in that, yes, what we're certainly mostly down on is all you know, this business of binge drinking and uh, what people are having their, their parties. Now, it's part of the people parties and enjoy themselves by all means. But unfortunately, it gets carried too far. Mm. And harem gets done. There's no two ways about it. So, of course, we also inter- um, mentioned drugs too, as, as we mentioned alcohol now. And um, so our aim is to, to keep our message out there. Um, even to encourage people to be more moderate in what they're doing. You know, they don't mm. have to be full-time members, but certainly to uh, to appreciate uh, what they're about and, and their, themselves and their body and to be, uh, yeah, look after themselves in a manner like that. Mm. And in terms of, you know, if, if okay, so the first thing would be, right, if, if you were to join, you know, if you were to join the Pioneers, what's involved? What does it, what does it mean to be a Pioneer? What do you have to do? Okay, what what you're doing uh, to be a pioneer is there's, there's there's three definite little points set in front of you um, when you become a member. So you're expected then to abstain certainly from alcohol for life if you become a full time member. Uh, there's a little pioneer we pray twice a day uh, for those that uh, you know that certainly are, are on much harder times. 
and we have a little pin, a pioneer pin that um, uh, has got an emblem of the Sacred Heart in it, and that shows who we are and what we're about. Mm. So just just check, just just taking that bit up um, there, Matt. Just you, you mentioned about the pin, and I think that's what many yeah. people, older people, would associate uh, with the pioneer. You know, it, it would be you know I, I can remember people they would have worn their pioneer pin and they would have worn their fonia. Um, you know that the, the, they would have the cupola fuckle as well. And I suppose, but the, going sure. back to the and, and going back to the going back to the pioneer pin, um, you mentioned the, the the emblem for the Sacred Heart. So in what sense does yeah. that? Does this, you know, does that connect in? Because obviously you said it was founded by the Jesuits, and as we know, the Jesuits promote the devotion to the Sacred Heart. Um, but where, what, what, how does that link in with the pioneers? Well, at some time along the way, yes, they decided that would be the uh, the design, and mm. they picked a nice little pin with with a little cross in it, and uh, it's, it's colours and whatever, and a picture of the Sacred Heart on it. So that became our emblem then, going going forward, and as a a signal and a sign to what we were. Mm. And, and, and does, does I, and I suppose once upon a time, I suppose that the, these pioneers would have been associated, I suppose, with the idea of reparation. Does that still form part of the, the ethos, the makeup of the pioneers? It does indeed, surely. Like it's, it's covered in our little prayer that we say uh, day and night, you see, from mm. the conversion of excessive drinkers is part of it, you know. So, yeah. And, um, now, we're not going hard line out there, you know, banging um, the table, giving out to people for what they do. But it's mm. more by way of example. So what you're doing mm. is you're, you're setting up that you have um, a method whereby, uh, right, you set it down that it's through um, our mission. That's what you can put it down that way is for the association is to address the problems in society that's uh, caused by excess alcohol consumption and drugs as well. And that's done through faith and prayer, self-denial, is it? business and good example right then you're out there to set your good example uh to provide and promote activities too in a safe and alcohol free manner and um, particularly for young people surely and advocating ideas and values of temperance and sobriety in society so that's that's our, our mission uh our vision uh, for the association is based on the love we have oh like you mentioned there the sacred heart of, of jesus and it's to help to build a society where people can live their, uh, to the full potential and alcohol can be enjoyed in moderation, as you just said. Mm-hmm. So, um, thus, you see, um, so avoiding the serious problems, surely that arise from the abuse, and this is all where we're down again, is the abuse of alcohol and certainly mm. drugs as well, Shane. Yes. Mm. In terms of, I suppose, in terms of things, now, we're obviously talking in a normal, non-COVID world, Matt, but what kind of things and events would the, the association be organising kind of during the year? Certainly throughout the year, um, on, on a national level, uh, which we had great support for, was a national ball. This is where we're bringing up people young and old together. It goes around our four provinces each year, so it does. Uh, we'd also have a national quiz, uh, which comes to a national quiz, starting off at, at the local level right up to national level. Um, certainly pilgrimages too. Uh, we do a farm pilgrimage maybe to, to, to various venues for those that can attend. And of course, one of our big ones at home is the Pioneer and Matt Talbot pilgrimage to Knock Shrine, which has been even upgraded. So um, we're looking forward to a time again, which will now probably be next year, where we can again attend physically uh, to that venue. Unfortunately, we missed out last year, and I suppose it'll be an online ceremony again this year, Shane. 
that. Mm, obviously, because of COVID. It's interesting, actually, there that you mentioned Matt Talbot. Of course, Matt, Matt is one of the, uh, the people that's associated, I suppose, with, with, with a sacrifice in life and, and an inspiration for people who have um, al- who are alcoholics or who, who have, have, have issues with, 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 with um, addiction. Uh, but it's interesting, I just noticed on the website as well, a couple of other people that are mentioned there um, is Venerable Adele Quinn. Of course, many people on this program will associate Adele with the um, Legion of Mary. Frank Duff, founder of the Servant of God, yes. Frank Duff is, was a member of the association. And also, interesting one for this week, uh, just going back to part one of the program, folks, we said Saturday the 8th was the feast day of Blessed John, of Father John O'Sullivan. And actually, he was also a pioneer, which I didn't realize, uh, Matt, until I went to do uh, some homework on the program on the on the association. So John, Matt, Matt, listen, thanks a million for coming on to talk to us about the pioneers and to tell us very much that they're still there. As you said, very much an example, an inspiration, and something for people to think about, particularly in these challenging times, and particularly, as you said, when it's kind of seen as being very countercultural, not to. Um, not to, to, in terms of our relationship with alcohol. For those that might be interested in joining or looking for membership or participating with the pioneers, uh, Matt, what would you suggest that they do? What I suggest they do is we have a, a very good website and a Facebook page. So I would uh, ask them to to get on the real computer, locate our website, and all our information is there. There'll be an application form, plenty of information about the society. Uh, we produce a little calendar every year. Or we have a, a monthly magazine as well that, that features some uh, wonderful articles. Um, so that's where they'll get plenty of information about is, is on, our, on our website and it'll cover all our emblems and certificates for the different age groups uh, right from the beginning right through to, to 70 years of age for a diploma. So there's, there's lots of info there and that's where they'll get all our details. So for those that are interested, that is pioneerassociation.ie is the website. And and Matt, listen, we're delighted to have you on the program. So delighted to have Matt Matt Byland, the president of the Pioneer Total Abstinence Association here with us on the radio this morning. Matt, listen, thanks a million for joining myself and John here on Sacred Space. And uh, uh, keep safe and keep well for during this COVID time. Thanks very much for having me on. And please, God, if you any time in the future, if you want to have a little discussion again, I'd be quite willing to do so. We'd be delighted. Yeah, we'd be delighted to have you back. Thanks a million, Matt. Right, bye bye now. Right, thank you. So now we'll go for a second piece of music this morning. We'll play this beautiful piece of Bring Flowers at the Rarest, and this is by Canon Sydney McCure. Come back and join us in part three where we read and reflect on the Word of God. Oh, Mary, we crown thee with blood. 
So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space 102FM. My name is John Keeley. Thanks again for joining us. And again, thanks to Shane uh, for bringing to our attention uh, Matt Bodden this morning, who shared with us all about the, uh, the, the Pioneer and Total Absence Association. But now we come to read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, Shane always prays this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So our Gospel for today is taken from the Gospel of John again. It's chapter 15 this time, verse 1 to 8. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears no fruit he cuts away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes to make it bear even more. You are pruned already by the means by means of the word that I have spoken to you. Make a home in me as I make mine in you. As a, as a branch cannot bear fruit all by itself, but must remain part of the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me, with me in him, bears fruit in plenty. For cut off from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is like a branch that has been thrown away. He withers. These branches are collected and thrown in the fire, and they are burnt. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask what you will, and you shall get it. 
It is to the glory of my Father that you should bear much fruit, and then you will be my disciples. So that's the gospel for today. Shine, as usual, a familiar one again, but dangerous, I suppose, to think we know it all. Yes, uh, yes, a familiar one. Not what I think, though, that we would be rushing in to say we know the ins and outs of it very much. Mm. Um, John's Gospel again this Sunday, folks. Um, yeah, John is always a challenge to reflect on. Um, one of the things, I suppose, when we do this reflection each week is that myself and John, we're trying to you know, find the time and a space to, 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 have, to do our own Lexio and to, and to look up and see what others say about it as well. And it's, it's sometimes it can be a challenging thing. This week's gospel, though, however, I have to say, reading it and looking at it, reflecting on it, I thought it was very appropriate because I don't know about anybody else at the moment, but in our house, um, the garden is the top of the agenda at the moment. So in terms of we're trying to sort out, uh, when I, I say we now, I'm using the royal we. Uh, <laughs> we are trying to sort out, um, there's potatoes, seed potatoes being planted, different vegetables being laid out. Uh, and so on and so forth. Railings being set up for pea plants that have to grow and all all these sort of things. Meanwhile, trying to keep you know feathered friends off of it and small people uh, out and around. Um, so it's just, I thought that um, it was an interesting one that this very much speaks to that kind of impetus at the moment because a lot of us have rediscovered the joys of our gardens and nature in general during this COVID time. And I hope what you know, that kind of makes the gospel a bit easier for us to relate and to reflect on very much this week. The other thing that struck me about as well, John, I don't know about you, but for me, I think the interconnectivity and the interconnectedness of it all very much was what struck me given our situation at the moment. And Jesus reflects very much on the relationship. It's all about relationship. It's the relationship between us and him and him and the Father. And he uses the idea of the vine as a metaphor. Now, we don't grow vines in Ireland uh, necessarily. We don't necessarily have the climate for it. Um, but if you want to think, I often think of it, if you think of it maybe as a clematis or a honeysuckle or an ivy, something like that that's growing up and over the side of a building that needs sometimes needs to be trimmed back. Um, and obviously, if it needs to be trimmed, you know, it needs to be trimmed back to help it to grow stronger again. Like, if you, particularly if you think of a honeysuckle. Honeysuckle can get woody, it needs to be pruned so that it can comes back stronger again. And it's the same kind of analogy or same kind of metaphor which Jesus is using very much this week. That idea that sometimes if something is diseased or not growing, it needs to be cut out because it's undermining the whole plant. Um, sometimes the plant itself needs to be pruned back so that it will come back stronger again. Now, just to take those two, those two things each on their own. So the idea of pruning something that's growing well so that it comes stronger. How many of you have deadheaded your roses? Hmm? Same principle. You deadhead the rose so that the rose itself comes back stronger. So if we apply that to our life in faith, I suppose it's the reality that sometimes we can be pushed to do things that God calls us to do things even greater and stronger again by exercising our spiritual muscles. Another analogy there would be for you to think about if you're doing, if you're training for something, if you're training to run, you're training to do weights, you're training to do swimming, you'll do the same action again and again and again to build up your muscle. And that way, I suppose, is also the challenge that's put for us there that sometimes when things, when things happen in life, I suppose, the challenge is that can we see the grace that's been offered to us in it? 
you know, even in the midst of something like COVID-19 and the restrictions that are going on at the moment, where are the moments of grace that we are called to develop our relationship with Christ? Where are the moments of divine interaction when we are given the opportunity to see that space that's there for a conversation heart to heart with Jesus? Because that's what this Sunday is about. It's about that sense of relationship with the divine, the relationship with Jesus himself. The other one that we talk about is that just pruning things back, you know, things that are diseased and need to be cut out. And, you know, surgery does that. If anyone is sick or if you get cancer, that's what's done. You take out the tumor. And I suppose in some respects, that's the challenge that's there for us. What are the things in our lives that we need to excise out? What are the things we need to remove? You know, um, because each of us is called to be the branch that bears, that has to bear fruit. We have to, you know, one of the things that, one of the challenges that Jesus says is, if you are followers of mine, if you are branches connected to me, you must bear fruit. So what what are the fruits of our faith? What are the fruits of our faith in our lives? Now, I'm not talking, you know, you don't have to go off and up a mountain to preach the gospel to strangers. That's not what we're talking about. Each of us is called to find the life that we are called to be in Christ in our daily existence, in our place where we sit at this moment in time. You know, in doing, as St. Teresa of Lisieux did, in doing the simple things really well. You know, we're pruned already by means of the word that I have spoken to you. That's something I think that, you know, for those of us that reflect on Scripture each week, and as we pause and reflect on it, it's something for us to think about, that Scripture acts, if we let it, if we truly let it um, percolate through us, what it can do for us, how it can interact for us, the benefits that it can bring us spiritually uh, and the ways that it, it, it comes into our lives. Like we talk about, you know, John, that prayer we pray every week, when we or before starting our reflection on Scripture, we say, "Let us not be resistant, Lord. May Your Word penetrate us like a two-edged sword, and may our hearts be open to it." Mm-hmm. Not exactly the most endearing um, imagery to be used, mm-hmm. two-edged sword, but there's that whole idea that it must cut into that which is to get to the point, to get to the marrow. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever been in a situation where someone has said or done something that cuts you to your very gizzard? You know, that's the idea, I suppose, that we're trying to get across in the gospel this week, that this gospel should do that to us. It should challenge us. One of the things, I suppose, as Christians, and particularly, you know, when you get on in life, one of the problems is that it becomes, we can become complacent because we hear it again and again and again, and it loses its vibrancy, it loses its specialness, it loses its keenness, unless we allow it to kind of prune our hearts but the, re- the reply for that, of course, and it's all about this idea of relationship and inter- interconnectedness, where Jesus says, make your home in me as I make mine in you. You know, that's the invitation that's there for us. Jesus wants to be in our hearts if we are willing to open them for us. As a branch cannot bear fruit all by itself, but must remain part of the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. So I suppose the reminder to us is the efforts that we make in our spiritual life, we're not doing it on our own. We're doing it because we are carried by the grace of God. He will do the carrying for us if we only let him to do it. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me with me in him bears fruit in plenty. 
if you're cut off from me, you can do nothing. That great image that's there, I am the vine, you are the branches. It's one of the great symbols. We Last week, we talk, or was it last Sunday, John, we spoke about the Good Shepherd. Mm-hmm. And I was, saying, I was saying that the Good Shepherd is one of the most ancient images we have from the catacombs of the risen Christ. The vine is, the, is another one. It's, so we're getting back here into the most touchstone images that are used to express the mystery of Christ. Um, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask what you will and you shall get it. It is to the glory of my Father that you should bear much fruit and then you will be my disciples. The promise that is given to us this Sunday. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask what you will and you shall get it. You know, it's very much John's echoing of that other um, great, uh, not speech, but talk, discourse is the word I was looking for, Mm -hmm. that are in the Synoptics Gospels where Jesus said, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened for you. So in John's Gospel, we don't quite have that use, that phraseology of words, but we have here in this discourse from the 15th chapter, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask what you will and you shall get it. The promise that is given to us by Christ and something for us to think and reflect upon this particular Sunday morning. And just, I suppose, finally, I suppose, just to remind people, you know, it is a season of hope. We are still in Easter tide. And the gospel this week very much is there to give us that lift, to remind us to keep our heads forward. We live in hope that we will be able to return to churches soon. But it's also, you know, going back to that idea of the pruning that has taken, you know, we need to think and see what has God, what way has the Lord spoken to us in this COVID time from a faith perspective? You know, going back to church isn't the be-all and end-all of our practice of faith. What have we taken up? What have we done in the last 12 months? What opportunities have we taken to engage with the Lord wherever that may be? What are the challenges that are there ahead of us in terms of what the journey that we have to take, both at our parishes, in our homes, as individuals, as a church in Ireland? Uh, you know, we're facing into a national synod at some stage in the next couple of years. And that opportunity that's presented to us, we must seek the positive, but also to be aware of where you stand. You know, reminder to us, going back to the garden image that we took, you can't grow roses out of a bed of thistles no it you know it needs to be dug it needs to be manured but you have to start from where you are if you're starting your garden you need to see where you are and move the weeds from there you can't just throw the seed and hope it will happen it you have to start from the moment that you stand on you stand on holy ground when you stand in the garden because you are back at the very first eden and you are participating in the creativity and the creation of the lord but As you reflect and you sit outside this week, be it in your own garden or in a public park, and you think about that gospel, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you are part of me and ask anything of the Father, he will grant it to you is the promise that's given us this week. We reflect, we pray, and we think about that on this Sunday morning. Shane, thank you for sharing those few thoughts with us. Um, Father Frank Dewey, does share a reflection with those of us who are part of his lecture divina group each week. And this week, part of his reflection, Father Frank reminds us to reflect on our own need for pruning and our own, of course, need and duty to bear fruit. 
Some years ago, I was advised to be more aggressive with my pruning of my apple trees. Not that I'm a great apple tree grower, but I soon learned that indeed, the more pruning I done, the more light, the more light was allowed between the branches, and the more fruit the tree gave. The gospel today is telling me that we also need to be pruned often, just to allow the light of Christ into our lives. We need all the spiritual energy we can get to stay connected and do our bit in sharing the good news of the gospel. If we become unconnected to the word of God, we become starved of the energy we need to maintain a relationship with Jesus and so cannot help in his his mission to us of sharing the good news with others. The gospel passage today that spoke to me um, a bit more maybe than the, than the, uh, than the other uh, parts of the gospel was, you are pruned already by means of the word that I've spoken to you. And to me, it's very important that I stay connected with the word of God. So I'm thankful to the people who shared the word of God with me over the years, how they've allowed and, and shown me how the word of God helps them in their daily lives. So I found that myself, yeah, the gospel does challenge me and it does prune me. But it also gives me more light in my life. So I'm grateful to be connected to the vine, the vine being at church as well, and to the wonderful group of people who encouraged me along the way. To stay connected to to that vine is staying connected as a community to each other as well. So that about brings it to the end of the programme. My few little thoughts. And Shane, thank you very much indeed. Again, Shane, for the thoughts and also for... Uh, bringing Matt on to us to tell us all about the Pioneers. I think it's about the first time we've actually had the Pioneers on the programme, I'm not too sure. But now we'll go for our final piece of music, and of course there's nothing else we can play today uh, with the Gospel that we've just read and reflected on. It's by John Michael Talbot, and this one is entitled I Am the Vine. So next week for myself and Shane, thanks for, thanks for staying with us. Uh, thanks for your prayers, thanks for your encouragement as we meet you. And we'll speak to you again next week. Until then, God bless now. Bye. I am the vine, and you are the branches leaving me, and you will never die. I am the vine, and my Father is the keeper. Come to me, let the Spirit bring you life. Like a tree planted by the living water, to stretch its roots. Into the living stream You will show no distress In the heat of the drought But still bear fruit And live I am the vine, 
And my father is. 